The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. I am your host, Raider Greg. Training camp is just days away. The football season is almost here. That and more here on show 439. Let's open it up. That's right. Let's open up this car and see how it rides. Now that it's broken in from a season, what will Derek Carr be like this season? I'm going to tell you what I think and why. The late, the great, the snake. Kenny Stabler passes away December 25th, 1945 to July 8th, 2015. You definitely have to salute a icon of Raider history. Uh, that's just the tip of the iceberg, folks. We definitely have to hit on that. And then the bone line, it's the offseason. Camp is near, but not quite here. We'll be doing more. you got to believe it. So let's get on with it. into the first story, I have to say this. The Bolsa Chica bash was not rained out. As a matter of fact, in Southern California, during the, well, the barbecue, it's the, it's the barbecue bonfire. It's the, it's the Raider fanatic finale of Southern California. Bolsa Chica Beach just gets down, I mean, big time silver and black. The whole beach was <laughs> was packed with fans from the Raiders, and they closed every other beach. The only open beach was Bolsa Chica. That's because the Raiders uh, took claim to it, and they were not leaving. And I think the Rangers freaking knew it. <laughs> That's so Raider-like. But it looks really fun. I didn't get to go this year. I had some business I had to take care of, but it looks like a lot of people had some fun. Raider Mystic was in the house. If you were there, give us a call, man. The bone line off the hook. Let's hear some stories from the Raider Bonfire in Southern California. Bolsa Chica Bash 2015. It looked like a lot of fun. It always does. Uh, But this year especially had that hurricane rain. Did not dampen the spirits of the Raider Nation out there at Bolsa Chica Beach. And that is all I have to say about that. Well, now that the car's broken in, let's see how this baby drives. Baby, you can drive my car.
From the end of last season, Derek Carr has been practicing his craft. He's been working with his right receivers, and when the draft was over and all was said and done, he was then practicing with Amari Cooper, our brand-new wide receiver, Flash. Trust me, wait till you see him. Not only him, but the, the vast majority, if not all, the wide receivers on the Raiders. Derek Carr has got these guys together, and they're trying to get their timing down on their very own. Go figure. This driven young man uh, with a great heart, a great family, great support system, and may, may I say, a great season last year with no weapons and a struggling defense. The kid is tough and pretty smart, and that was his first season. Now that the coaching staff has changed, and Greg Olsen <laughs> is out, Bill Musgrave was a great pick for Derek Carr. I'll just have to say Musgrave, who broke in with the Oakland Raiders in his infant career as a coach, and now the offensive coordinator for the Oakland Raiders, is a very soft-spoken guy like Tressman was with number 12. Rich Gannon. The connection between coach and player in this case is critical. The second year of a young quarterback that made strides last season is imperative to improve. No sophomore slumps allowed this season. He now has a team around him that can make him very successful. I will say this, Musgrave is a very smart coach, but the way he talks his communication style, his soft words, but his words of wisdom nonetheless will not be lost on Derek Carr. I believe this relationship will blossom in camp even more than it already has. I don't think Derek could have got a better coach or a better communicator than Bill Musgrave. Uh, I think you'll see a great difference in this young quarterback this season a leaps and bounds improvement in his personal skills and his ability to get the ball down the field. Uh, that and our offensive line, which should be insanely better, leads me to believe the Raiders have a good chance of going from worst to first this very season. And that is all I have to say about that. The autumn wind is a pirate. Yesterday was a, a very sad day. I mean, the passing of Ken Stabler, I think it was a shock to, to all of us. You know, you just think that, you know, Kenny's one of those guys that whatever you throw in front of him, uh, uh, you know, it's not going to get him down. And uh, and then when you hear Kenny Stabler died, it's like a, it's like a kick in the gut. Uh, it's kind of going around every ever since in uh, that way but then you think of the good times and the memories and uh, you know all the all the games and all the practices and all the meetings and and no matter no matter what you threw in front of him he enjoyed he always had a twinkle in his eye and a, and a smile and uh, he was he was one of the greatest competitors ever and you know, when you when you think of the Raiders and you think of the Raiders, you know, of the 70s, uh, Ken Stabler has to be right on top. And the, he was just, 
you know, of all the people you coach, and I coached a lot of a lot of great ones and a lot of Hall of Famers, and and he's he's one of the guys that's really at the top of the class. Coach, you were with the organization when they drafted Kenny. Do you recall the circumstances why the Oakland Raiders selected Kenny? Yeah, I do. We uh, it was it was ironic. We drafted another quarterback in the first round, Eldridge Dickey, and we were kind of choosing between the two. We had Kenny Stabler rated, you know, as a number one pick, and so we took Eldridge Dickey from Tennessee State, and then in the next round, now we go around to the second round, and Kenny Stabler is still there. So we said, you know, I mean, he's he's too good a player to leave on the board in the second round. So we took him, and so we ended up with two of them. Now, what we didn't know, and you know, I mean, scouting back then wasn't is what I mean isn't what it is today, but we didn't know that that he had injured his knee, and that he needed surgery. So we brought him in, and then he had to have the surgery. So he missed that whole first year. Then he missed the second year, so he really didn't start playing for the Raiders until the third year that we drafted him. One other question, Coach. Did you ever come to Alabama and visit Kenny or talk to Coach Bryan about Kenny and, and visit with Coach Bryan about Kenny? Yeah, I talked to Coach Bryan about him a lot. I had I had the greatest respect for uh, Bear Bryant and I, you know, and his quarterbacks, too. See, I had George Blanda. Uh, you know, who played for Coach Bryant at Kentucky. And so, you know, George would always talk about Coach Bryant, this and that, and, and he was a well-disciplined, well-trained quarterback. And then I had great respect for Joe Namath. And I thought that, geez, if we can get a, a quarterback, you know, that's that's like George Blanda and like Joe Namath uh, on our team, that's going to be a pretty good deal. And eventually we did. You mentioned yesterday in your statement that uh, you're talking about Stabler's late game cool and the way you would trust him with uh, with a late game drive. And one of the things you said is Snake was a lot cooler than I was. What was his demeanor like? And how did you guys kind of balance yourself, balance each other out during those uh, frantic final moments? Well, you know, he he really helped me because I would, you know, I mean, the the hotter the game, you know, the hotter I got and. And Kenny was truly, truly just the opposite. The hotter the game, the the cooler he became. And I was telling a, a story this morning. We're playing Baltimore in a playoff game in Baltimore, and it was one of the the real great games I think in NFL history that kind of got lost because it wasn't a championship game or a Super Bowl game. But anyway, it went six periods. So we, you know, the end of the regulation, we're tied. Then we go another period, and at the end of that period, we're tied. And then we're going into another period, and we have a timeout. So it's our ball, and, and we're just kind of crossing midfield. So I'm there, and I'm thinking, I'm talking to Kenny during the timeout, and he has his helmet cocked back, and he's looking up at the, the stands and and I'm I'm talking to him you know let's do this let's do this, you know let's go east no let's go far let's go let's let's go play but you know and I'm going thousand and he goes you know what John and I thought oh great he has a play and I said what he goes these fans are getting their money's worth today <laughs> I said don't worry about the doggone fans but I mean that's that's the way he was you know I'm 
going all over the the board on you know what we should do, and he was just coolly looking up the stands and yeah, they're getting their money's worth today, man. But that was, I mean, he was always in the um, uh, in the in the Super Bowl against Minnesota. The first couple of drives we had, we we got stopped and we had to kick field goals, and and I was all upset about. You know, not being able to finish, not being able to score. We need touchdowns. We didn't come here to kick field goals and all that. And Kenny put his hand on my shoulder and said, don't worry about that, John. There's plenty more where that came from. And, you know, and the funny thing, it, it did affect me. I mean, I thought, shit, when he said that, you know, he's right. And uh, I felt a heck of a lot better about it. And But it, it wasn't just me. I mean, it was a whole team. I mean, that's what that's what he gave to the team. I mean, he would... You know, I mean, he would throw a bad pass and it didn't bother him. I mean, he had a, I mean, he would forget it and go on to the next one. I mean, he'd throw, he'd throw, you know, a low pass or throw a pass into the dirt and, you know, he'd say low ball thrower, high ball drinker, huddle up, you know, and go on to the next play. And he just, he just didn't let things affect him. And he was always positive. And in those days, uh, the quarterback called the plays. So there was a lot to that, too. I mean, that, you know, sometimes we forget how how smart Kenny Stabler was. I mean, he was a brilliant, brilliant quarterback with a brilliant, brilliant football mind, and and he would set things up. And you know, you know there was a thing that they don't even judge anymore is you know they call it, you know field general, and and Ken Stabler was a true field general, and and it, the players. Really, the offensive players really believed in him and followed him, and anything that would come out of his mouth, they totally believed. I know it's been a while since the passing of the snake. I know I should have probably done a show, but it's already difficult for me to do this damn show. <laughs> yeah, I needed a break just to, to get this one out here, and I'll tell you why. The great Kenny Stabler, a.k.a. The Snake, born December 25th, 1945, died January 8th, 2015 of colon cancer. Far too young for this great athlete to pass. Member of the Crimson Tide, Bear Bryant's Crimson Tide, graduate of Foley High School, second-round pick of the Oakland Raiders. I think what makes Kenny Stabler so timeless the name, the stories, the amazing games, championships. The 70s were the Oakland Raiders. And the head of that team was Kenny Stabler. Not to take away from the defense. Not to take away from George Atkinson and Jack Tatum. And the, the, the bruisers on the defensive side of the ball. But the captain, the party machine, the married three times Drink till dawn, play football that afternoon, legend, uh, was born in the 70s, and that's what drew me to professional football. The snake, as he was known, the elusive player before his knees went bad, the guy could slip through tackles. It was amazing. Watch any of the old NFL films. The greatest games, like Al Davis said, an amazing run, some of the most incredible comebacks that made the Raiders the team of the 70s. 
ESPN Radio. Radio. The Thundering Herd Podcast. I try not to get too emotional about sports. And I never really like talking about death on the air. I mean, death is scary enough. But I'm going to talk about death this morning. Kenny Stabler, former Raider quarterback, died. And um, I first started loving the NFL in the 70s. And the Raiders and the Steelers and the Dolphins and the Chargers in the 70s and early 80s were so damn entertaining. And what I really remember about the NFL, I didn't root for any of those teams. I didn't I didn't root for the Chargers, although I love Dan Fouts, and I didn't root for the Steelers, though I love Terry Bradshaw, and I didn't root for the Raiders. I didn't even like them. I thought they cheated. I like a lot of, I didn't even like them. I was fascinated. A friend of mine in high school got into the Raiders locker room for some, he won something at school, and they were all in their jock straps smoking and playing cards right before a game. They were smoking and playing cards. That is the NFL to me. I'm not to get nostalgic, but that's the league. When I think of the NFL, a lot of you guys are 20, 30 years old. I think of that 70s Raiders, Steelers, Kenny Stabler, who passed away. And the guy was so accurate in an era when Bob Greasy, the great Bob Greasy, completed 56%, Bradshaw 52, and Namath 50. He completed, he completed 60% of his throws in the 70s. One year it was 67%. Dave Casper, Branch, Bolitnikoff, the offensive lines, John Madden. And then those Raider teams, they are the last non-corporate team in our most corporate league. They're the last. They're contrarian. They were the outliers. Because the NFL was getting very corporate. Now it's completely corporate. They're the last. They're Reservoir Dogs. They're the independent film. They broke every rule. They sat on their helmets. And they also, Ken Stabler is also part, not only of those great teams and those iconoclastic Raider teams, he's also part of the Holy Roller play. My staff is mostly young guys in their 20s. They don't remember this. Kenny Stabler was playing one of those San Diego teams. It was years and years and years ago. And I think the game was in San Diego. And it just again, it just happened to be one of these Raider games in the California Suns dipping, and it's 4 o'clock, 4.15, and the game's, I think, ending up. And it's the very end of the game. John Madden's the coach, and Stabler's the quarterback. And Oakland is trailing a very good San Diego team. And Stabler rolls out to his right. He was a lefty, and he... He gets sacked, but he flips the ball forward and it gets kicked. It's called the holy roller play, and it's the reason you cannot move a fumble forward. A lot of you 20-year-olds, here's the play. Bill King calls it. Stabler is part of one of the most important rule moments in league history. They got hosed, many believe, later in New England. This one, they got the break. Here comes the rush. He sidesteps. Can he throw? He can't. The ball flipped forward is loose. A wild scramble. Two seconds on the clock. Casper grabbing the ball. It is rolled a fumble. Casper has recovered in the end zone. The Olsen Raiders have scored on the most zany, unbelievable, absolutely impossible dream of a play. Madden is on the field. He wants to know if it's real. They said, yes, get your big butt out of here. He does. There's nothing real in the world anymore. The Raiders won the football game. The Chargers are standing, looking at each other. They don't believe it. Nobody believes it. 
That was in the late 70s in San Diego, the Holy Roller play with a great legendary Bill King. Kenny Stabler's passed away at 69 years old. And I really go back to the mid-70s when I I was mostly, as a kid, a baseball fan. And those Raider teams are such a part. I didn't even like them. They are such a part of my childhood. And then I, as I lived in the Pacific Northwest, we finally got a team in 1977. We got the Seahawks. And our number one rival immediately was the Raiders. And what was great as a kid is I didn't have pro sports outside of the Sonics as a kid. We got baseball in the NFL in the late 70s. And the two things I always remember as a kid, those Mariner teams in the 70s and 80s were lousy, but always gave the Yankees fits at the Kingdom. And those Seahawks teams were lousy, but they always gave the Raiders fits in the Pacific Northwest. Kenny Stabler's passed away at 69. Huge iconic part of the league, the last non-corporate team in an incredibly corporate league. Want more of the Herd? The Thundering Herd Podcast. The bad boys in silver and black were real. The legends of that period are leaving at a dramatic fashion. It's very sad to see that a lot of our heroes from the Raiders are passing. Where are the new ones? I'm hoping that there'll be a group of new players that can reach the stature of a Kenny Stabler. The left-hander that made things happen. I mean, the holy roller, sea of hands. I mean, an epic number of games and situations. When you watch the Raiders in the 70s, you always knew. You knew they could come back. Nobody left the game. Nobody stopped watching television because the Raiders could always come back and win. We're talking with the all-time great Ted Hendricks, who's with us here on the program. Raider Nation's been mourning the loss of Ken Stabler since his death last week. When you think of the snake, I'm sure a variety of great stories come to mind. What's one of your favorites? Uh, Well, one of my favorites is the the game we played in – New Orleans against the Saints and the 30 it was 35 to 7 at halftime and we ended up winning the game 42 to 35 and that was one of the greatest comebacks at all times and then the other thing Kenny comes off the field and he said directly to me he says get the ball back because I'm going to beat these guys <laughs> and uh, he had quite an attitude about him and what was so unique about him was he called his own plays, and uh, uh, Madden would counsel him on the sidelines in a timeout and uh, say, hey, ask him uh, what play he got called, and uh, Kenny would give him the play, and Madden says, that's a good one, go ahead and run it. <laughs> and uh, the uh, uh, soft passes that he threw, too, were unbelievable, and uh, he, he would... Uh, Actually, if the receivers were covered and everything else, he had such a great crew of receivers out there that uh, he'd throw the ball up uh, where the defender couldn't defend it, and uh, they'd make a great catch, and uh, we'd be on the way to moving the ball forward. Uh, uh, Southern gentleman off the field and a great, a great football player. And 
he he lives up to the uh, personality of the Raiders, and probably is is exemplary in uh, defining that. We're talking with legendary Raiders linebacker. It's Ted Hendricks. What are your thoughts on how the Raiders should honor Ken Stabler this season? We've got a uh, a meeting coming up that they're inviting all the uh, players, former players, back to the training camp, and uh, I'm sure we're going to have a a uh, special meeting for Kenny and that and get together and, and talk talk about him and uh, honor him. And uh, Mark Davis said it the best of all about his uh, being a Raider and, and exemplifying the Raider uh, thing in his speech that he gave to the press. It was an amazing time. And when the Raiders put their seal on the NFL, the winningest team in their history... I believe a lot of that is gone. A lot of the shine from those rings and those trophies is a little dull because it's been so long. It's such a drought. But those of us who have been watching football for some time will never forget the Raiders of the 70s and the 80s because after him, uh, when Pastorini went down, uh, Jim Plunkett <laughs> took the reins and we went on another run. But the heyday of the Raiders, Kenny Stabler, who incidentally, mind you, is not in the Hall of Fame. He's in the Bay Area Hall of Fame. (laughs) You would think that this guy would be in the Hall of Fame, for crying out loud. He was finalist for three times and voted down all three times. But Stabler's list of accomplishments and accolades screams Hall of Fame. And I know the Raiders don't get a good rap, and I know the NFL is certainly a sore spot in their ass for the Raiders. But this is an individual accomplishment. This is an accomplishment. This man, this team of the 70s, took the NFL to the next level in society. The team, the Raiders of the 70s, put the NFL on the map for crying out freaking loud, and they don't get enough credit for it. Guys like Stabler and Belitnikov, Cliff Branch, Dave Casper, those guys were on TV. Those guys were the guys that kept the interest of the fan, that brought in more fans from a global situation from television where it was an in infancy. It just blew up and still continues to grow to this day, resting on the very shoulders of men like Kenny Stabler. It infuriates me that we have to go to this point, uh, like like Ray Guy, you know, what does it take for a true champion of the game, someone who's who made the game, for all these other boneheads that are in there? Our next guest is a four-time All-Pro selection, one of the all-time great Broncos, a member of their ring of fame, now with ESPN, Number 57 from Louisville. Very happy to welcome Tom Jackson back to the show. Tom, good morning, and we appreciate your time on short notice, my man. Good morning. Yes, you're welcome. Um, you had the uh, the opportunity to line up across the uh, field on the other side of the ball from Ken Stabler as your time with the Bronco. What was it like looking into his eyes, a guy who his teammates said they believed in in the crunch because they knew that he had the magic to take them where they needed to go? 
I think that Kenny Stabler, and it's funny because you measure uh, the the leadership of the guy, his ability to throw the ball, his ability to play the game under pressure, um, to play at the end of games so that the feeling is that you're never actually out of the game. Um, I, I think that he was actually brilliant in almost every area of play. Uh, he, he wasn't the fleetest of foot. Uh, I think it's probably the one dynamic of his game that you say, well, you know, he, he wasn't going to hurt you uh, necessarily with his legs, uh, but an uncanny ability to, to move around just enough to, you know, to avoid and, and be able to buy that, that extra split second to get rid of the ball. I, I, you know, I said it last night when I, and, and it was such sad news, uh, but, but I've, I've always thought that Kenny Stabler is, is really a Hall of Famer and, and I've always wondered how uh, his path hasn't eventually led to Canton, Ohio. All the years that you've battled against the Raiders and then all the years that you've mm-hmm. watched them and covered them since, where does Kenny mm-hmm. Stabler rank in terms of the all-time greats from this franchise? You know, I, I, I think that the highest commendation I can give him is that he was as good a winner as they ever had. Mm. And again, I think that he deserves a bust in Canton, Ohio. Now, that's, you know, that's not up to me, but I think that if you talk to most of his peers, uh, I, I think that they would have similar thoughts about, about Kenny's career. Do you know, Tom, when you, when you think about Kenny and you think about yourself, different or you know walks of life off mm-hmm. the field pro bowls different things how about just as a man what can you encounter or tell the fans what you remember about this man it's just as a person he loved life uh uh when, when you know the first time you actually get a chance sometimes to to meet these people or when you go to the pro bowl Lorenzo you know that you, you, sure. you get to a pro bowl and all of a sudden guys who you've been competing against are now there, they're on your team. Uh, I can tell you, and and in the in the it's a, the uh, highest form of praise. But he 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 loved life. He loved having fun. Uh, he enjoyed football. You could tell, but he loved having fun, living his life. Uh, you know, to, to be quite honest, it wasn't unusual to have Kenny come in late at night. <laughs> and uh, you, you go, okay, you know, how's he going to be tomorrow at practice? And as soon as the, 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 the whistle blows, he starts throwing darts. And I'm like, okay, okay, let's go. <laughs> let's go. And then, and then playing in the Pro Bowl with him, I know uh, a couple of times, you just realize what I'm sure the Raiders realize, just like we did with Elway, the game's never over. Yeah, we we might be behind by seven, and there might be two minutes left. But the game's never over. When he's at, when he's at the helm, game's always you know one that's out there to be won. It's a great trait. Question for you, Tom. In regards, and I was going to bring up the Elway comparison, very similar. That you know, for most of his career, he didn't put up the big numbers, but mm-hmm. like Stabler, mm-hmm. the most important stat was the fact that he won ball games. How important right. is that number when it comes to considering Stabler? You know, for the Hall of Fame, the fact that, hey, he didn't have the great numbers, but he won games. Well, I, I, I don't think there's anything more important. For, the, for those of us who have stepped in between the lines, there's just there's nothing more important than the, the W. I mean, anything can go any other way, and there's always going to be circumstances, games that 
you felt you should have won when you lost and games that you've lost that you, you felt you should have won. But the, the, the guys who put up the Ws, who, who win the games, uh, I, I just believe it's the most important stat. But I also know how, I know how good he was. I mean, that's the thing, and, and, and that, that really can only come from your peers. That comes from the guys that, that you play with, and, and they know for a fact how good you were. I never saw a guy any more accurate than, than Snake, just accuracy. I mean, it, it was funny because our coach used to tell us, you know, Freddie's going to run, run a, you know, a 16, 17-yard out, and he's going to catch it literally right on the sideline. And he goes, and Snake's going to deliver it, right on his number. And, and you know, you're going to play the defense sometimes exactly right, and they're still going to get it done because he's as accurate as anybody who's playing the game. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think there's any number that's more important than, than how many you win. Hey, Tom, you know, Lorenzo always tells me about guys – even on you know some of the most bitter rivals that he would go up against linebackers or other defenders that he respected, the chance to compete mm-hmm. against them for the way they played. Now, for you, was it similar from the standpoint that when you had a chance to compete against a great like Stabler that you embraced that opportunity? And even though he was on the Raiders, your most hated rival at the time, you, you, you embraced the opportunity to compete against a great like that. Well, yeah, Lorenzo's right. There's a level of respect that, that comes with the, the competition that even though you, you may dislike the team, which I, I don't think it was any secret that I, 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 I disliked the team because they, uh, for one reason, they were where we wanted to be. And so the only way we were going to attain the kind of success that we wanted was to, to be good against the Raiders. And Kenny Stabler was really the catalyst uh, for everything that they did. So, you, you, you know, you, you can dislike the team, but you can respect the team. And, um, you know, I didn't dislike Kenny Stabler. I respected him an awful lot, as I did most of the Raiders. But, um, yeah, that, I, I think that's a, a, an accurate assessment of, of how you can have that competitive uh, competitiveness against another team but still respect that team and respect the players on that team. 57, you know how a lot of guys, a lot of them partly, you know, a lot of bees, partly sting and partly buzz. You know the saying that a lot of guys, mm-hmm, they bark mm-hmm. loud, but their body ain't vicious. Was it a moment that you said, okay, this guy has it? Was it one particular play or <laughs> when in his career you said, this kitty guy could be special? This, this, no, here, here, here's, it's really one of my favorite Kenny Stabler stories, even though it didn't end well for me. Uh, we played a game against them in, in Old Mile High, and we got up in the first half, which was really unusual because they were a team that could jump on it pretty quick. Uh, 14-7, I, I believe, was the score. And uh, so we're feeling pretty good, and we kick off and we pin them deep in their own territory. Uh, early third quarter, it might have been the opening kickoff of the third quarter, but we pin them deep. They get a holding call. So they're on about the nine-yard line, eight-yard line. I'm, I'm like, we got them. You know, finally we we got them on on their heels, and Kenny came out of the uh, out of the huddle, and he winked at me. It, it, it was <laughs> the craziest thing. He, he he looked directly in my eye, and and he winked at me. And the final score was like forty five fourteen. He he proceeded to light us up with like thirty eight points in the second half of that game. And I, I, I remember walking away, shaking my head, 
thinking, well, if he's that damn good, we're never going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny Stabler deserves his place in the sun. As Al Davis would say, and as I would say, thank you, Kenny Stabler, for the many, many great games, the hours of entertainment, the stories, the broads, the coke, the parties, the hangovers, the rebels that were the Raiders of the 70s. You will be sorely missed, brother. And that is all I have to say about that. Bad of the bone. 1-800-620-7181. Or you can go right on our site, RaiderNationPodcast.com. We have a recorder right there. Check it out. Click it and just get on it. It's easy. Do it. <laughs> we need it. Uh, nothing like the Raider Nation, so let's get to our first caller. As you know, this is my favorite part of the damn show. Our first caller is Raider Justin from Utah. Hey, so uh, this is uh, Raider Justin from Utah. Um, I was just kind of wondering what was going on with the second string running back position. Uh, I've heard a lot of stuff from this dire kid. Um, what do you think is going to happen with Trent Richardson and Dyer? I mean, I think that'll be an interesting battle to watch. I just wanted to hear your guys' take on it. All right, thanks. Dye and Richardson. Well, you got Latavius Murray, you got Halu, you got Richardson. I think there's a couple other guys in the mix. Uh, you know, I'm not sure about Latavius Murray. He had some great flashes last year, but not very consistent. Uh, so, you know, Halu is someone I'm really interested in seeing. And if Richardson could be a good fullback, uh, perhaps that will be a benefit to the Raiders. I know he's a big, beefy dude. It's going to be interesting to see who, who pans out in the running back. I'm sure Murray will have a shot to be number one since he did have the job last year. But I don't know, man. Halu is, uh, is a tenacious runner, and he could take it as well. Um, there's going to be some guys on special teams. Taiwan Jones is back in the mix. So... You know, there's a lot going on in the running back position, but uh, Taiwan's looking more like the return specialist. Halu looks like he might be making the move. We're not going to know much until camp, but that is a great thing to keep an eye on. Um, But Murray, I'm not sold completely on, but we got enough guys to carry the rock. There's no doubt. Thanks for the call, bro. And our next caller, Raider Steve from Richmond, Virginia. What's up, brother? Gentlemen, Raider Steve, Richmond, Virginia, calling you live. Hey, look, I'm going to be short and sweet. A couple things real quick. Very, very happy with uh, the way things are shaping up. Don't hear a lot of bullshit drama about Raider players in the news, contract bullshit, legal bullshit, trouble bullshit, none of that. All good, focused, fired up, ready to go. Fuck the Patriots. Moving on. A lot of stuff in the news about the stadium. I'm sure next podcast I hear, y'all will be giving us a full update. Thank you very much. Floating an idea. I just saw a headline. San Antonio temporary. Bullshit, San Antonio. Fuck Texas. You know, if the Raiders need a temporary home 
and it's not going to be L.A., sorry, man, London. I think it's the best thing for the team. Uh, I just think it's the best thing for the team. A little far away. Not going to call it a rebuilding or a freak show season, but uh, it's an easy way to drum up uh, a whole lot of fans. And uh, you know what? You know all that East Coast bullshit we got to deal with every year? Every year we got to go to the East Coast, play a bunch of fucking games. Well, fuck those guys. They can go to London and play us in a whole four different time zones. And then maybe the statisticians and the big data mathematician guys will get down and say, damn, maybe that four time zone thing does play a difference. Sons of bitches. Hey, man, appreciate the podcast. Y'all have a good one. Looking forward to hearing you soon. Bye. First, I agree, agree with the comment on the Patriot rats. Raiders aren't going to London. Matter of fact, they're making moves for a temporary stadium. Anaheim has declined. I think they're going back to the old SC where they used to play. The old Coliseum. I've seen the Raiders play there many times. Uh, looks like they're probably going to end up back there. Uh, that's for sure. That's where it's going down. Uh, familiar grounds to Mark Davis. So I have no doubt that that's the direction the NFL is going in. And make no mistake, the forces are heading south. That's what I'm feeling, and that's what I'm hearing. Uh, forget London. That ain't going to happen to the Raiders. They don't need that much attention. Maybe the Patriots should go to London. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the call, bro. Next is my very good brother, Raider Jaime. On the passing of Ken Stabler, I couldn't say it better myself, brother. What's up? What's up, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation? I'm just getting the news right now that Stabler passed away. Pretty fucked up. Can't believe it's 69. This man right here, we all watched growing up as kids, man. When the Mad Bomber was getting to that age, remember him coming off the bench? I sure do. It's hard to believe, man. But anyways, man, just wanted to share that with you guys. I'm sure you're getting the news right now, too. I'm out. Any Raider fan, anyone who saw the 70s, that's all I got to say. That's it. Thanks for the call, man. And our next caller, my good brother, the Raider Junkie from East Whittier. What's up, bro? What's up, Raider Greg, Raider Randy? This is a Raider Junkie out here in East Whittier. Haven't heard from you guys for a long time. Just picked up part of the show last week. It was great. Great to hear you guys back on. Sounds good. Hey, just real quick, I just, I know today's sad day for Raider Nation, you know, the snake just passed away, kind of a shock, I think it kind of caught all of us in a shock, man, and I'm still in the shock right now, I mean, damn, I had to have a bowl just calm my ass down, I can't believe it, man, it's sinking in, what a great quarterback, great Raider, a true Raider, in in character, and in, in, on the field, and off the field. But, uh, man, he had some legendary games. You know, you all know about the ghost of the post, hands of the sea, holy roller, the whole shebango. You know, great guy. Just a sad to see him pass away, dude. It's really sad. 
But uh, you know what, Raider on, we must move on from this. Um, you'll be dearly missed. I know that in Raider Nation. So with that said and done, um, just looking uh, forward to the start of training camp. I know a lot of people are going to be going up there. I'm envious. I'm jealous. I wish I could get my ass up there, but I just can't do it. But I hope whoever's going, you guys have a great time and report maybe and uh, get some pictures on Twitter or Facebook, whatever, so we can uh, people that can go check it out. And uh, another thing, uh, during the during this off season, um, let's see what's happening. You know, everybody's trying to make that roster move. I know they're going to be cutting it down to seventy five and fifty three. So uh, I see some uh, people uh, that I like to see make the fifty three man roster. You know, I like to see Cody Fajardo get in there as a third string quarterback. Uh, I mean, I like to see him because he's a kid from here, right, right here in the La Mirada area, right next to Whitney. Got to see him play. So uh, also, also uh, I'd like to see uh, McGill, another kid from La Mirada. So uh, he had a good kind of a breakout kind of year to kind of filter down a little. But, hey, man, he's a rookie. He's coming back for a second year. Got the big body frame. Let's see what happens. I hope, you know, he stays on the team. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe I don't know, get in there and uh, start. Who knows? I mean, I take D.J. Hayden's job away. We'll find out, though. But, hey, Raider Nation, um, just looking up to next week on July 18th down at the bonfire. Raider Great Raider Randy. I don't know if you're all still making I know Kenny Brown will be there. So I hope all Raider Nation's there. And I'll be there representing, of course. Come on down, everybody. Let's have a time down there. Tons, tons of stuff to do. The beach is there. The weather's fine. Jack Sunday's going to be there for Dubs and Raider Boy. We're going to party. We're going to take over. So, hey, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, it's nice to hear you guys back. I'll see you guys up in November. If not, maybe down in San Diego, if you guys come to that game on October 25th. Till then, guys, keep the, keep the good work going. Love to hear from you guys. Hey, come on, guys, come on, call on in, especially you, money man. Yeah, especially you, money man. That's funny, brother. Yeah, man, that Bolsa Chica Beach was rocking. I saw it all. I couldn't make it this year. It's a lot of fun. Anybody can go. You got to go because it's the biggest bash going on. Weather was a little brutal this year, I know, but nobody left. Looks like everybody hung in there uh, just like the Raider Nation does. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens with this roster cuts. Man, there's a lot of good players on this team. It's going to be a shame to see some of these guys go, but we will see. Camp starts in five days. So we'll check it out, brother. Thanks for the call. And our next caller is my very good friend, Houston Raider Steve, season ticket holder, folks. Great Raider historian. What's up, Steve? Hello, Raider Nation. This is Houston Raider Steve. Boy, I just heard some really sad news on uh, KTRH Charlie Polo, who's been uh, 25 years here in Houston. Anyway, the news broke that Kenny Stabler unfortunately passed away. Rest in peace, Kenny. Well, I tell you what, I became a fan of the Raiders in that immaculate deception game when Kenny was playing. And uh, who can forget that game? Man, I tell you, a lot of great memories of Kenny. When he was in Oiler, he was called the Snake, and Dick Casper came over, Jack Hayden came over, the big trade, passed Rennie for Stabler, one and one how upset the Raider fans were when Kenny and Stabler left. Who can forget seeing hands, Clarence Davis, goes to the post, Dave Casper, immaculate deception, Holy Rover. Another one again, Casper. All the big games Kenny could pull out. We don't know how he did it, but he did it. 
He's like a riverboat gambler just going out there scrambling all over. He said he used to study his plays by the jukebox at the bars over there in Santa Rosa in training camp. And uh, anyway, one thing uh, they were saying about the difference between Gifford Nielsen for the Oilers and Kenny Stabler is Gifford Nielsen had milkshake breath compared to Kenny Stabler when he was the Carl Mark was the center for the uh, Oilers. Sure makes you, Kenny. We're going to forget all the great memories, man, all the great games. Man, I never forget that. Met him at an autograph show here in Houston a couple of years ago. Got the chance to speak to him briefly. Heck of a guy, man. He's sorely missing. Rest in peace, Kenny. I'm going to go out to Molly's tonight and raise a toast or two. Maybe do a shot of Jameson with my friend Joe. Uh, anyway, we miss you, Kenny. You're later through and through. Just like uh, Willie Brown and uh, Tatum and everybody. Marcus Allen, old school Raiders. Philip Yano. Anyway, here's you, Kenny. God bless. Like I said, many fans remember those games. Thanks for the call, brother. And next, my very good brother, Matty Raider from Albany, New York. What's up, my man? Hey, what's up, Raider Nation? It's Matty Raider, Albany, New York. Today's July 10th. Just calling in real quick. Um, to, uh, Express my sadness, passing of Kenny the Snake Stabler, one of the all-time Raider greats. My prayers go out to him and his family. Rest in peace, brother. They don't make them like you anymore. Solid, the epitome of a Raider, man. Um, should be in the Hall of Fame, but hopefully you'll get there, Kenny. But I know you're up there with Al right now. All my uh, thoughts and prayers are with your family. And uh, that's all I got, man. There's another Raider fan with memories of the snake. I mean, it's a shock, bro. (laughs) It's a shock. Thanks for the call, man. And another great fan and a great fan of the show, my good brother Raider Damien. I mean, this uh, Kenny Stabler thing, it's a serious uh, paralyzing blow to the nation. What's up, brother? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, it's Raider Damien up here in Placer County. Hey, very sad day in Raider Nation. You know, I was out yesterday riding my horse up around Folsom Lake and got back, cleaned them all up, and got in my truck to start heading back down the hill and uh, turned on the news and heard the news about uh, the snake, Kenny Stabler. Um, Yeah, that really was a sad, sad thing for me. Um, I started out as a Raider fan. I don't know. I must have been three or four years old sitting down with my dad uh, back in San Antonio and watching Raider games on TV and and my dad explaining to me about, you know, what, you know, football teams did and, and, you know, and Fred Bolitnikoff and, you know, and all their contributions. But when it came to the snake, I remember just being fascinated by him, and I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that his nickname was the Snake, and that kind of sealed my Raider, um, you know, fandom from that point on. So, um, you know, my condolences out to the Stabler family and um, the Raider Nation. It's just a sad day for all of us. So, um, but you know, now I think it really gives us something to look forward to in this upcoming season in that, um, you know, the team is looking better, and I think that they're going to have a wonderful, wonderful, awesome tribute um, for the Snake on that first home game of the year, and probably during preseason games, too. 
Um, so given the fact that this is probably our last year in the Oakland Coliseum, I think it's going to be that much more special uh, this year and to uh, honor the snake. So put him in the Hall of Fame. Thank you, guys. Put him in the Hall of Fame. There's nothing else I can say, bro, except for thanks for the call and your sentiments. Hey, man, they're everyone's. This next call is from my lone fan in Minnesota. <laughs> I love this guy. He is True Blue Raider Nation. Travels to the Coliseum for a game of season. What more can I say, bro? What's up, man? Hey, Raider Greg, how you doing these days? We're doing okay up here in Minnesota. Really sorry to hear the passing of Kenny the Snake Stabler. I mean, wow, I used to watch him all the time. He was amazing. Um, up here next month in August, we're going to have the Vikings playing the Raiders up here, and I'm definitely going to the game up here. And going to go. To, it's a preseason game. But I'll be all Raider out. Be representing the Raider Nation. Already bought my tickets for the Raiders playing the Vikings on November. 15th, I believe. It's, it's at the Oakland Coliseum. What do you buy my tickets? Talk to Jennifer Shrimp from the Oakland organization. I, I was the first one, she said, that she sold tickets to. Got my tickets up in the Legends Lodge. Looking forward to uh, coming down there and uh, seeing Kingsford, Kirk, and all the rest of the gang. Hopefully I can see you down there, too. Um, as far as uh, my, my feelings on the Raiders moving to SoCal, it just doesn't seem right. I, I'm from originally from the Inland Empire. And I remember when they used to be in Los Angeles. I mean, yeah, it was, it was cool to go see them. It was close, but the Oakland Raiders are the Oakland Raiders. I mean, come on, man. They're the Oakland Raiders. I'm, I, I, I moved to Minnesota. I'm still a fan. Regardless of where they move, I'll always be an Oakland Raider fan. It kind of reminds me of the, the Anaheim Angels. They're the Anaheim Angels. Now they're the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. That just doesn't sound right. It sounds phony. And the Oakland Raiders, in my heart, will always be the Oakland Raiders. I mean, I don't know what they're going to call them, the Carson Raiders or the, I don't know, whatever, the L.A. Raiders again. It just this doesn't seem right. I mean, they, they, they deserve to stay in Oakland. That's where they're from. That's where we all cut our teeth on, you know, growing up, being an Oakland Raider fan. But uh, I just want to tell you that uh, coming up to the game, looking forward to meeting you. I already bought my tickets uh, for the game. Is the one in Oakland called Sam. Um, haven't bought my tickets once out here yet, but I will. Anyways, Greg, take care. Keep the podcast going. I love listening to you every month, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Yeah, well, it looks like they're moving. Mark has made up his mind. I can't say anything else other than, you know, I'm sad. But it is what it is. Maybe it's a better thing for the team. So uh, we're just all going to have to end up down there. It's the way it goes. And um, on that note, uh, I appreciate your being a great fan. If anybody's up there in that Minnesota area listening to me, you better get to that preseason game and hook up because I know there's a huge Raider fan contingent up in the frozen tundra of Minnesota. (laughs) Right. And our next caller is the RN Raider. Raider Nation, that is. What's up, brother? What up, Raider Greg, Raider Randy? This is RN Raider with your morning dose of truth. First time caller here. Uh, Listened to the, to the uh, podcast since last year. It's awesome, man. Love it. Um, 
first thing with regard to the team moving. Uh, as much as I would love to have it closer, I'm from uh, Orange County. Uh, I, I will, if that did happen, I will miss planning my trips up to the Bay Area every year. Some of my favorite memories are uh, traveling up for these games, man. And uh, I've seen some of the good ones. Uh, Oakland snapping the 13-game uh, losing streak to the Bolts. The year we miraculously went uh, undefeated in division and still missed the playoffs. Uh, saw the OT victory where Seabass kicked against uh, Jets in 08 against Farr history and it's had through the duds as well but uh like uh Foles seven td game last year two years ago and the raiders losing their chance to take the division uh, a couple years back when the chargers were already out of it and uh yeah <laughs> they were already out of it and we uh decided we didn't care enough to to drive it home but uh Anyways, just uh, really excited for this year. I think we're going to surprise people around the league. The uh, articles that say we're barely, we probably won't hit 500. I I personally think we could surpass that. Uh, I think we're underrated, and I'm sure we'll have the classic Raider style bumblefucks as well. But uh, you know, as long as you expect those to happen, you won't be as disappointed. A uh, couple things just for the other Boneline callers. Much respect. All family here, but for uh, me to perspective, for instance, towards Money Man Raider, I do not know why you were so harsh on Carr, man. The kid was a rookie on an old team with a 30-second rushing attack, despite having the good pass protection. He had no offensive weapons to speak of, and to, to keep the, the defense honest, you know, is he the future, the savior of the franchise, future Hall of Famer? I don't know, but. Uh, you know, he certainly earned off at least another year or two to prove it. Is he a prodigy like Andrew Luck or Peyton Manning Marino? No, but, you know, those guys come around very rarely. But can he become an Eli Manning? Absolutely. And that mouth breather has two rings. He deserves another chance to see if he can become the franchise QB. Uh, I was okay with it this year. Uh, I don't quite understand the hostility towards the organization of going Cooper over Williams. If you want Carr to be successful, you had to get the player, and that's the best one you could ask for. I know they were deep in the draft this year for the receivers, but uh, this guy's got all the intangibles that are undeniable, and we desperate that go-to for Carr. I don't really understand the Edwards Jr. pick, but hopefully the scouts saw something that we didn't. Uh, he's got crazy potential, so hopefully he gets his shit together. Uh, Mac's going to be a beast this year. And shout out to Hayden. You're on the chopping block, buddy. You better prove yourself. Uh, you can't rely on Woodson to pick up your back for much longer. That guy is going on 52. So, uh, yeah, thanks again, Raider Greg, Raider Randy. I bleed silver and black. RN Raider out. Very nicely done, my man. Very nicely done. Smooth. I told you, man. Car. Carr stood in there, man. He stood there and takes some licks. And, you know, the receivers have dropped the ball. I mean, I understand getting a wide receiver. I didn't know if they were going to go that high with it. But trust me, I knew we were going to get one for sure. <laughs> and we got the best one. So what are you going to say? Uh, as far as that's concerned, I'll put that to bed. Because Carr, I think he's much better. I think he's very much like an Andrew Luck. Look at the team he's on. Andrew Luck had a team around him, trust me. 
when he came in. Offensive line, maybe not, but he had a lot of weapons to throw the ball to. But let's not quibble about that. Um, great call, great comments all. And uh, call back, brother. Our next caller is Nebraska Raider, diehard fan. What's up, man? Hey, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, this is Nebraska Raider calling in. I, I just heard the news. Um, Kenny the Snake Stabler passed away. And, uh, I mean, this shit is like a shock. I mean, he's all in our hearts. It's like he was an immortal quarterback. And, uh, in, in order, you know, having all these guys getting older, passing away, Gene Upshaw, uh, Kenny, uh, along with, you know, some others um, this past season, what you guys have done shows on, especially with, you know, Al Davis being gone. I mean, it's just like the greatness of the Raiders is dying off. I, I know it's not because it lives within us, but, uh, I mean, it just seems like all those guys who made the Raiders great, who made that mystique what it is, are uh, coming to, you know, the, uh, the unfortunate happenings of life. But, um, hey, I just wanted to throw it out. Um, I'm buying a Stabler jersey, and I'm going to wear it every single game all season long. Um, I would hope that some other people would do that, just so I'm not the only one. Anyway, it's going. The money's going to the Raiders. So, uh, and I think uh, Kenny would be happy on where our quarterback situation is uh, with Derek Carr. Uh, unlike some other people, uh, think like maybe one, but Derek Carr is the future of this organization. And if he's not shit, then we all been duped. But I really believe that he is. He, he's the type of personality and everything that we need. Um, anyway, I, I'm getting close to my two minutes. So all I want to say is I really want to make it out to a fucking game this season uh, with school going on and financial uh, things happening in my life. I may not be able to, but you guys fucking represent out there in Oakland. All right? Because I don't want to see this team move anywhere else. I want to see them keep their asses in Oakland. And anyway, I'm through with this. Go Raiders, baby. Raider Nation, one nation, silver and black, baby. Well, there you go. Uh, another sad Raider, the passing of Kent Stabler. Um, and, bro, you got to try to make it out this season, man, because they're moving, I'm telling you. Make it so. I'm just saying, man, you don't want to regret not putting your ass in a seat this year. I'm just saying. Great call, great caller, great fan of the game. Every Chiefs game, this guy's in the house with Black Widow. The whole, you know, Tulsa Bur Tulsa Raider Booster Club. Um, crazy group of great fans, man. I love the Midwest Raider Nation up in the house. And our next caller is my very good brother. I love this guy. Raider Steve. In Vegas, the only guy I know that hurts worse than me <laughs> when things aren't going right. What is up, Brother Steve? Hey, Raider Greg. It's Raider Steve in Vegas. Long time no speak. Uh, season's almost here, man. I'm so pumped up. Uh, you know, I do this uh, every year. I get really fired up. Um, 
you know, I think, but it, kind of in the back of my mind, I always kind of realized that it's probably not going to turn out the way I want it to. But, you know, this year feels a little different. You know, it's the first time in a long time that we have legit coaches across the board. You know, no um, no disrespect to Jason Tarver. I know he busted his ass for us and everything, but, you know, um, he came from the college rank. He was pretty much an unknown guy, was not experienced at the defensive coordinator position, you know. Guys like that, we got Mike Tyson, you know, just across the board, our entire coaching is better across the board. Uh, we've had two, what looks like to be the second, you know, really great draft in a row. Um, you know, Vegas only gives us uh, five and a half wins. And I'm, I'm so tired of losing, man. You know, I, five wins doesn't cut it, man. Like, I'm, I want to go at least eight and eight. I know that's going to be an uphill struggle, but... You know, you look at, like, Derek Carr working with um, all the receivers. You know, they just reported that out. And all the go- all the players talking about working. You know, there's no off-field issues. Uh, they seem really pumped, man. More This team seems more focused this year than they have probably in the last 10 years that I can remember. I mean, they seem super focused. we got some, you know, potential elite talent in uh, in Mac, you know, and, and hopefully Carr, too. And now Cooper, um, you know, I – our schedule's rough, man. We could easily go 0-2 against the, the Bungles and the Ravens. Um, I'm thinking about flying out to Oakland with my brother and maybe a couple of guys uh, from Japan are going to fly in. Uh, we're thinking about maybe going to the Bengals game. So uh, if I do, I'll definitely hit uh, you and Randy up and uh, definitely looking forward to that. Um, I don't know, man. I feel, you know, I'm, I'm scared, man. <laughs> I'm really optimistic this year, and I just uh, – I really hope it goes our way, man. The team, they've made a lot of good moves. Reggie's plan seems to be coming into place. It really all hinges on car. we got a tough schedule, man, but the team seems motivated. I hope we can do it. Anyway, um, I hope to see you on September 13th, man. I'll be in touch later. Yeah, Steve, you know you're the second fan that says something about off-field issues, and I agree. I mean, we've been pretty good with that for some time now, but there's been not a peep. Plus, the tempo of the of the practices thus far leads me to believe that this is serious work. And the coach, he means business. And I think it's a different camp. Um, yeah, five and a half from Vegas, whatever. When you think five and a half games, let's just think, in between those wins, there's a thing called momentum. And teams that weren't supposed to win... You know, we beat the Ravens. We could go on a couple-game win streak just because we did it. Now, I don't know about Vegas. Well, that's why they have odds. That's why people bet. And uh, But I'd love to see you at the game, bro. It's last season at the Coliseum, in my opinion, anyway. I'll say that for sure. Um, so get out there, bro. It'll be fun. It'll be a great memory for you, as it will be for the rest of us. Thanks for the call, man. And next we have the Disciple Raider from the OC, man. What's up, brother? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, the Disciple Raider out here in Orange County. Just calling in to say uh, RIP to the Snake, man. One of the biggest guys who personified, man, what the Raider image was all about, man. Shocking news for me today, but... um, I want to uh, say uh, I'm sorry to the family and uh, a sad day in the Raider Nation. Also, uh, glad to see you guys are back on the air, man. I was wondering what happened to you guys there for a while uh, because 
me my little uh, bone line fix. Also, man, I'm out here in Orange County, man, and on July 18th, I'm uh, inviting all the Raider family and friends out to uh, the Raider Bonfire at Bosa Chica Beach. Hope to see you all there. Greg, I've never met you before. Randy, i never met you before. Hope to see you guys there. But once again, Ken Saber, RIP. I'm out. That was a sad day for the Raider Nation, for sure. Uh, yeah, the bonfire looked like it was fun, bro. I didn't get to go. Uh, this year had some things going on, and um, it looked like a great time. So call us back and tell us what was up. <laughs> Thanks for the call, man. And our next caller, Raider Tatum from the Midwest, a great and very long-held Raider fan and a great contributor to the show. What's up, man? Raider Greg, this is uh, Raider Tatum from the Midwest. Jesus, I'm in shock. I cannot believe the snake is gone. I mean, Jesus, I've been reading all these articles. All the, the steel curtain basically says get him in the Hall of Fame. And as you know, I always uh, root for Kitten Tatum. And obviously, I always kind of put it past me that Staber, I mean, Jesus, why is he not in? This just plain sucks. The best lefty there ever was. And he's gone. Oh, man. Keeping it short, it's, it just sucks. The best to everybody out there. Long live the Sabbath. Put Kenny Stabler and Jack Tatum in the Hall of Fame. Thanks for the call, brother. <laughs> There's nothing I can say after that one, bro. Well, that is it for this edition of Raider Nation Podcast. I appreciate you guys listening. Randy and I do dig it. Uh, We understand that the summer is here, but football is near. A couple days away, camp is starting. We'll keep our eyes on the ball and all the players, for that matter, and get back to you and tell you what is up in camp. Can't wait for that. Hang on, Raider Nation. We're on the roller coaster, and we're going... Up. I love it. I am Raider Greg, and I am out. out.